Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Travis Ryer of the BamaOnline.com staff with a special edition of Instant Analysis. I would say an 18th national championship would certainly be worthy of special designation, and that was exactly the case on Monday night down in Miami Gardens, Florida, as the Alabama Crimson Tide takes apart the Ohio State Buckeyes 52-24 to the sixth national championship for the Alabama Crimson Tide under head coach Nick Saban. Saban's seventh all-time, pushing him past legendary Alabama head coach, among others, but certainly primarily right here at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Paul William Bear Bryant. Most national championships for a head coach in the AP poll era. Alabama gets it done in historic fashion a knight for all time, a team for all time, a coach for all time, and a season for all time, but mostly the team and the coach for all time in college football history. What a performance tonight once again from the Alabama offense. The Crimson Tide for the seventh time this season surpasses the 50-point mark. Seventh time in 13 games in all those games against Power 5 competition. Unlike anything we've ever seen before, maybe never we'll see again. Mac Jones, just when you thought a year ago, Joe Burrow, the LSU quarterback, had put up numbers that wouldn't be matched or surpassed anytime soon. What does Mac Jones do in the college football playoff national championship game? Unbelievable first half. 25 of 30 over 300 yards passing in the first half alone. Devontae Smith validating, as if he really needed to, that Heisman Trophy with double-digit catches for 215 yards in the first half. And that was essentially the night for Devontae Smith. And when you consider that Devontae went out early in the third quarter, Ohio State uh, gets in the end zone, makes it a 14-point game, and you're thinking, Devontae's in the tent. Devontae's heading underneath the stadium. He's headed to the x-ray room. He's not coming back. A little bit of a pit in your stomach, I'm guessing, at that point if you're an Alabama fan. But Alabama actually outscores Ohio State 17-7 to in the second half. A couple of big stops on downs. Big, big play by Christian Barmore on a fourth down stop. Ohio State tried to go with some tempo, tried to catch Alabama off guard there later in the third quarter, but Barmore wasn't having it. Barmore with five total tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss, a money-making Monday night, I would say, for the third-year defensive lineman. But the defense did enough, did what it needed to do in terms of stops, and 
with this offense, it only takes a couple of three a game, it seems like. And even with the ejection of Jordan Battle there in the second quarter, able to get a big stop at 21-14 in the red zone. Get a stop, force a field goal, 21-17, and then Alabama, as it seems to do oh so often this season, closes out that first half with some thunder and lightning. And again, the big three coming up big in Najee Harris and Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, the offensive line, even without Landon Dickerson, doing a really nice job against an Ohio State defensive line, as we found out in the pregame, working a little shorthanded, but look, Alabama didn't have Landon Dickerson at the center position. Well, didn't have Landon Dickerson until, what, the last snap or two of the game? How about that for a nice moment there to wrap up the national championship game win, able to get Landon Dickerson actually in the game to snap the football. You talk about heart. You talk about grit. You talk about cohesiveness. You talk about buy-in. More so than any team Nick Saban has had. And look, the NFL draft's going to show it once again come April. Great players, very talented team. No doubt about that. No question about that. But the maturity of this team, the veteran nature of this team, it was everything coming to fruition that you wanted to see this team have a chance to put on display. And you consider where we were back in the summer with COVID-19 and the rumblings about there not being a college football season at all. Thankfully, we had a season because we got to see exactly what this team was capable of, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen, really, in college football history, Uh, certainly in UA football history, and that pretty much that pretty much covers it all. But again, Alabama 52 to 24. Um, love to hear from you. If you want to check in, if you got any thoughts or comments, uh, interaction about the game, we would be glad to do that with you here on Instant Analysis. Tim, how are you? Larry, good to see you. Mary, also in here tonight. Uh, when you consider, again, uh, again, just the offensive performance first and foremost, uh, and, and Mac Jones with so much patience. Uh, it really wasn't a night, again, similar to Notre Dame, to take a lot of shots in the vertical passing game. But and when you have the trust that he has in those receivers, and I think that was exemplified late in the first half because Alabama was in a really good spot with the football and up three scores, and Saban trusts this team enough. And maybe there's a little lack of trust with the defense, and maybe Saban's thinking we got to keep the foot on the gas. But Alabama continues to try to score points, uh, even in a game in which it had a big lead and even in a game in which it was getting the football to start the third quarter. So uh, just impressive stuff all the way around. Um, again, some big moments in the game. The, 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 the field goal force after the targeting on Jordan Battle was big. Um, the, the stops on downs there in the second half. When this thing kind of started to look like at 38-24, Alabama doesn't get in the end zone or you know get some points on the on the heels of that beautiful throw from Justin Fields uh, for a touchdown there in the third quarter. You're really starting to maybe fret a little bit, but uh, even with the injuries, you know Najee took the big shot down around the goal line. Max limping around. Devontae's out of the game. 
You don't have Landon Dickerson. Jalen Waddell, just a gutty performance. Uh, you know, in some ways it was cringeworthy seeing him limp around like that, but obviously he felt like he was okay to go, and the medical staff felt like Jalen was okay to go. But, you know, you get it too, because Jalen Waddell was injured on October the 24th. And what we don't see is how hard a guy like that works to get back for one game, for just one game. This was it. I mean, we're all working under the assumption that Jalen Waddell is moving on to the National Football League. And so you're happy for him that he wasn't just able to line up, but he also contributed the third down conversion early in the game that was big. Uh, And so Jalen Waddell, if that is it for the junior wide receiver, uh, he goes out on a very, very positive, positive note. Yeah, I mean, targeting's tough. Um, you know, I think Jordan was trying to make a play on a third down. Uh, you know that Ohio State in that sort of area of the field, especially in the red zone, loves to go to the tight ends. Um, and Jordan did about everything he could to prevent that completion. But if you have any type of contact to the head and neck area, you're going to get the targeting call. Anything else? What else do we got tonight, gang? Oh, my goodness. Um, I thought Christian Harris was really good tonight, too, defensively. And, you know, we can also talk about Brian Branch, the injury situation. It was good to see LeBrian Ray be able to provide some solid reps on that defensive line. You needed to be able to roll in a variety and a depth of guys up front. They were able to do that tonight. Barmore, obviously the star, pretty much on the defensive side of the ball. But Tim Smith coming along as a true freshman, DJ Dale. Fedarian Mathis, I thought, had a really nice play there. Uh, maybe in the second quarter where he got some penetration. It may have been Christian Harris with him, too. I think it was the second quarter when they were able to maybe force the field goal. But, um, you know, they've got a lot of guys they can roll in there, a Boigby, um, you know, that entire crew. And, and they got positive reps from all those guys uh, in the linebacker position. Um, you know, Christian Harris did some really good things. Uh, he and Will Anderson early in the game with the big shot on Fields, you wondered how Fields would respond to that. He actually responded pretty well. He didn't carry it a lot. You know, we wondered about that Ohio State run game. Ohio State loses Trey Sermon on the first series. Master Teague, though, was solid in relief, had a couple of touchdown runs. But as the game wore on and that Alabama offense, once again, continues to put pressure on opposing offenses, even one as talented as Ohio State's, it's just hard to keep up. I've made the comparison to tennis in the past. And when Alabama breaks your serve, especially early in the game, and ends up in that situation at 21-17, to 17, you kicked a field goal, it feels very much like a loss because your expectation at that point in your heart of hearts is that Alabama on the ensuing possession is going to go down, get in the end zone, go up 11, and that's exactly what happened there in the second quarter. And from that point forward, you're down essentially two break points because Alabama's getting the ball to start the third quarter, and it's very much an uphill grind. Yeah, Mark's already ready to talk about the next offensive coordinator. How about Steve Sarkeesian tonight, you know? I think it's safe to say Steve wasn't uh, house shopping 
or checking out new barbecue restaurants, or maybe uh, uh, music halls or things in, in Austin over the last 10 days. It looked like, uh, looked like Sark uh, was on his game, right? Saved kind of his best, and it's been a lot of good stuff from him for maybe his final performance as offensive coordinator. Yeah, the focus will shift now to next man up in the OC chair. Big chair to fill. Bill O'Brien, perhaps. There's been a lot of buzz about Bill O'Brien and the possibility of him taking that job. The biggest thing I caution against there is that there's still some dominoes that are falling around football, not just at the at the Power Five level, but also in the National Football League. Um, if you told me the National Football League things were going to work out without O'Brien being a, a possibility there, uh, I would say it's it's likely that you'll see him here. And you still might. But uh, we'll see how the next few days play out. You also have the NFL decisions coming up um, You know, in the next week. I think uh, Sunday, Sunday, Monday is when those are going to come down. What does Mac Jones do? I think your expectation is, obviously, with some of these other guys, uh, that they're going to make the jump. Jalen Waddell, I mean, you're obviously losing Najee Harris. You're obviously losing Alex Leatherwood, that offensive line. Um, And again, just an incredibly accomplished team at every level, whether you talk about individually with Devontae or Mac or Najee Harris, or Landon Dickerson, or Alex Leatherwood. You talk about from a unit perspective with the offensive line and the Joe Moore Award. You just can't put another team really up there with this group in terms of individual accomplishment and then the team achievement of 13 straight Power 5 wins. And I believe five of those were against top 10 teams, current top 10 teams going into tonight. And the average margin of victory was like three touchdowns. It's hard to beat that when we're talking about a place for this team uh, all time. Yeah, Joe, you know, it's just a different brand of football, isn't it? And so 10 years ago, you'd have looked at a game like tonight and you'd be asking yourself, man, what, what was up with the Alabama defense giving up 24 points? But considering what we saw from Ohio State last time out in that 49-28 win over Clemson, 24 points, if you had told me prior to the game Alabama's going to give up 24 tonight, I'd have said you take that every day of the week. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought the kicking game, too. Um, Paul says best ever in his 57 years. Um, the kicking game, you know, what's nice is you only punted twice when you talk about the about the kicking game. And one of those came when you were up 52 to 24. So that kind of summed it up. And, you know, I thought Will Reichert on kickoffs tonight, it was interesting. He was getting a little extra. He maybe was feeling the juice uh, those kickoffs were finding the paint in the end zone, and uh, that's never a bad thing. Yeah, that's true, Don. When you talk about wire-to-wire, number one team uh, in the CFP rankings, of course, uh, you know you look at uh, you look at the, the the AP and the coaches, and obviously Clemson was in that spot prior to the loss to Notre Dame. But yes, in terms of the college football playoff wire-to-wire. Uh, that's a that's a precedent that was set by this Alabama team. Yeah, Paul, I'm going to guess no on uh, Christian Barmore being back because uh, you know I don't think it's an exceptionally deep year for top defensive linemen for this draft. So based on the way he finished the season, and all the credit in the world to Christian Barmore because he's another example of it doesn't always happen you know, right out of the starting blocks. And even if you flash early on in your career, that doesn't mean consistency is going to come with that. But he is, what's impressed me, and I've said this before about Barmore the most this year, is that we've seen more and more of that just take care of your box mindset from him. And he sort of let the negative plays and the sacks and things like that come to him over the course of the season. And playing his very best football. And how about how about a pat on the back for Freddie Roach in his first year as a defensive line coach? Yeah, I think we need to acknowledge the job done by Freddie. Uh, I think he got as much out of that group uh, as any positional coach here has. Carl Dunbar did a nice job while he was here. Obviously, Bo Davis had some good groups, but boy, Freddie Roach, the investment made in the former Alabama linebacker to come back home and Coach those defensive linemen, it certainly paid off uh, during the 2020 season. Yeah, Tim, we talked about Bill O'Brien. Jim, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to continue to monitor that, obviously, here in the next few days. Um, I think we've heard as a staff at BOL that, you know, obviously, O'Brien is right in the middle of that. As I said earlier, you know, you still have to be a little cautious about dominoes in this business because you're still seeing things. What, Doug Peterson was fired by the Eagles today. Not that O'Brien is necessarily a hot commodity from a head coaching perspective in the NFL, but as jobs open up and new staffs are formed, uh, obviously coordinators, positional coaches, uh, it becomes unsettled with the additional head coaching openings that come about anything else before we get out of here late night on a monday night yeah it's a good point too about the uh avenging defeat uh i think the fans obviously more in tune with that with ohio state but uh, very very tough to beat nick saban's alabama two in a row even if there is a gap of what Six years between. <laughs> I know the fans get a, a jolt out of that, get a lot of uh, satisfaction out of that. So we'll, uh, 
you know, I think you got to look at uh, what Ole Miss did it back-to-back in 14 and 15. Yeah, Tim, Tuscaloosa, I can tell you this from the local perspective earlier today, was, <laughs> Don, I got to work on the grill. I do. I got to work on that. Tuscaloosa, starting around noon today, was uh, was pretty much like a Saturday, starting around noon. And by about 1.30 down there around the Strip in downtown, you'd have thought Alabama was playing a, a 2.30 home game. Yeah. So uh, the folks were out and about, no doubt about it. You know, Xavier, that's what's going to be interesting with Nick Saban moving forward. How long does he want to do this? Um, I don't sense anything that tells me he's ready to walk away even after this kind of season. If anything, I've always felt uh, in some ways he gets rejuvenated and wants to do it again and is reassured that he can still do it. And by the way, you know, when he's bringing in 24, 25, 26 blue chip prospects on an annual basis, that helps. And that's what he just did. I mean, as you've kept up with Hank South and our coverage there at BamaOnline.com, you have mid-year enrollees that are moving in at Alabama as freshmen yesterday and today. So it just keeps rolling. And I also think the... uh, and I also, I also think that the quarterback situation never hurts. I don't know any coach that's just going to walk away from a teed-up quarterback situation. And regardless of what Mac does, uh, obviously, if you get Mac back, I mean, that's, that's huge. But if you don't, uh, you're still in good shape with your quarterback room. Now, if Mac goes pro uh, and you're looking at Bryce Young and um, – you're bringing in Milrow as a true freshman. You've got Paul Tyson that's been around the program now for a couple of years. you got to probably, not only from a depth perspective, but depending on how you feel about the guys other than Bryce, maybe you look at the transfer portal for depth and or competition even. But you would think that Bryce Young, if Mac does make that jump, uh, would be sort of the next guy up. We'll see how it goes, but I, I don't get any sense. Um, I don't get any sense that that Nick right now is in that sort of nostalgic period of his career where he's even doing much in the way of looking back. You know, he was asked on the post game tonight to sort of process the fact that he has now won a record seven national championships, and you probably saw it. His answer was. You know, we're too busy looking forward here. You know, we're just not at a point where, you know, you can kind of consider stuff like that. That tells me, based on those comments post game tonight, that uh, that he's still still thinking he's got plenty to do. Yeah, I don't know about Mac. I'm not making any predictions in terms of his future. I mean, you see him in first round mocks. If you're Mac Jones at this point, if you're gonna go out. Well, this is kind of the team you'd go out with, right? I mean, Devontae, go out with Najee, the guys you came in with. I mean, those guys tonight that were such a big part of this thing and throughout the season, you know, they were a lot of the guys that you saw in the second half against Georgia uh, back in 2018, just three years ago. And that's another impressive part about all this is that with that win tonight, 
uh, you know, Alabama hasn't gone more than three seasons without a national championship. They've won a national championship once every three seasons, uh, at least. Of course, they had the back-to-backs in 2011, 2012. But if they hadn't won that game tonight, they would have hit a stretch where, for the first time under Nick Saban, they went three years without a national championship. They took care of business with that tonight. Yeah, it was tough to see Devontae you know, have to go out like that. Uh, but I thought in some ways, and look, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But it almost seemed fitting. If, if he was going to have an injury, that was the one you would rather him have. Um, you know, it is a hand. That's not great for receivers. But typically, you know, the repair to those type of injuries, uh, much more easy to navigate and recover from than, say, knees, major ankle issues, broken bones to the lower extremities. So in some ways it was fitting too because I'll remember Devontae as much as anything for his toughness. And it involved a play where, you know, he's working more of a short to intermediate route and uh, and takes the big hit. Yeah, I agree with that on Mac too. I mean, the iron is hot right now with the NFL. I mean, your lasting impression – is similar to, again, Joe Burrow a year ago, except he's a fourth-year guy, and Joe Burrow obviously was a fifth-year guy. So uh, it certainly adds up if if Mac decides to, to do what a lot of people think he will do and make the jump, but I don't think Mac's in a position uh, in other aspects of his life where he feels pressure to move on. You know, Peyton Manning didn't move on. Eli Manning didn't move on. Tim Tebow. Now, Tim Tebow was a, a four-year guy like Mac, and these other guys were four-year guys like Mac. Um, but they maximized their eligibility, I guess, is sort of the point. Um, maybe Eli did redshirt, or he didn't play. He didn't play much his freshman season um, at Ole Miss. But there you go, the Alabama Crimson Tide, 13-0, 2020 national champions, 2021 college football playoff national champions. Nick Saban, again, when you talk about the greatest of all time, you got to talk about it in terms of doing it in different eras. Bear Bryant did that too now. You know, Bryant did it pre-segregation and he did it uh, uh, He did it after uh, the teams were integrated. So, um you know, there, there's that that there's that part of it with Coach Bryant too. He did do it in different eras at the highest level. Nick Saban, in a similar way, uh, has done it in the pre-playoff era, and he has done it in the playoff area era. So, you know, it's a nice situation to be in if you're an Alabama fan. The argument for me, if you're going to have one, for me. I kind of look at it in two ways. If I had to pick a college football coach for all time, it would be Nick Saban. If I'm talking iconic status and you know legendary sort of with culture and everything he meant to a state and even a region, uh, even more so than just football, then you're talking about Coach Bryant there. All right, gang, enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, Chris, you don't have to decide. You can say Coach Bryant was the best in his era and Saban is the best in now. You know, no problem with that. You can do that.
Hey, uh, have a great rest of your evening. Be careful. I know most of you are like me. You're probably uh, pretty much in for the evening. I got a lot of work to do. We've got a ton of coverage for you there at Bama Online. Charlie Potter down at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. He's going to be pumping out the content. I'll be revisiting five predictions for the Alabama Crimson Tide in this game. And as always, we appreciate you joining us right there on the roundtable. That ought to be a lot of fun. Talk about a celebration. The Roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans everywhere. Join us there and keep it locked to BamaOnline.com for continuing coverage of Alabama 52, Ohio State 24. And, yeah, we're going to move into some coaching staff stuff here quite quickly. you got the Alabama men's basketball team off to a 4-0 start at Kentucky on Tuesday night. So it never stops at BamaOnline.com. Good night, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.